Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Matthew, are you ready for the worst Borat impression of your life? I can't wait. Let's hear it. High five. High five. Of the sons that they got out of the high five. That was bad, huh? That was pretty bad, man. That's, I still don't even know what you're saying. That's, I was, oh, you that's titles over there. What? <laughs> I was doing the Kazakhstan, the Borat high, high five. Because the Suns okay. have won five in a row, bro. Yeah, they have, man. December of 2014. It Think feels normal now. The winning feels normal. I just feel it's like it's, it's automatic. It's like it, I, I expected every game now from here on out. I know, and it's, it's weird because I'm afraid that when that first loss hits, if that first loss hits, mind you, it's going to be devastating because it's been so long since we felt what a, a loss feels like. And I just don't remember. Oh, yeah, last 10 years. Okay, totally remember uh, the Suns can lose. And uh, hopefully that doesn't happen on Monday when they play the Oklahoma City Thunder. But until then, uh, let's celebrate the fact that the Suns are riding high. They're hotter than hell. Uh, there's hottest phoenixes outside at 111 degrees every day with sunshine and no threat of monsoon. Uh, let's enjoy this, man. I mean, this has been such an amazing experience, hasn't it? Honestly, for us to come to the bubble and start out 5-0, and I mean, I thought we maybe can go 3-0 and at most, but mm-hmm. to do 5-0, and I mean, 4-0, and not 5, not 6, maybe <laughs> not, not 7. seven. <laughs> we could do 8. Let's do that. We should have a parade. What if they go 8-0? Oh, when they and come they back off that plane, we, we will have a, a social distancing parade welcoming, welcoming them back on the tarmac like they just won the NBA Finals. I mean, this exactly. team, the effort that they're putting in, the consistency, Monty's rotations. I mean, we have plenty to talk about today on the Suns Jam Session podcast about how impressive this team has been. So uh, first and foremost, I just want to remind everybody to rate, subscribe, and review on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network where you can get the Suns Jam Session and you can also get Fanning the Flames all that quality Suns content that you love, this is the place to get it. Make sure you follow us at Suns Jam on both Instagram and Twitter. You can email the show, session at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. At Matthew Lissy. We got plenty to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Heat Review and the OKC Preview. And we're actually going to invite onto the show Sarah Dewberry, who's the editor-in-chief from OKC's SB Nation site, Welcome to Loud City. So stay tuned for that. Uh, But first and foremost, I just got to crack a beer open, Matthew. So let's crack a beer open and drop that beat. So the Suns did it, Matthew. The Suns somehow, some way, overcame the Heat to go five and zero in the bubble. They beat them on Saturday night, one nineteen to one twelve, and now sit with a thirty-one and thirty-nine record, 
which gives them the 10 seed currently in the uh, Western Conference and puts them just a half game behind Portland. What stood out to you in this game, man? I mean, what was what pushed them past the Heat? Because I really thought that even though the Heat had Jimmy Butler out, Goran Dragic out, and Kendrick Nunn out, I still thought that they'd be a challenge because those three-point shooting teams just scare the shit out of me. No, you thought they would be, and they were. Actually, it was more of just their defense. Even from mm-hmm. the first half, they were going right at it. Because I feel like the Suns now are like kind of like the alpha dog in the gym over some of these teams where it's like, hey, we've been there, we've, we've done it in a way. I don't know what it is, but you just feel like this team is going to win. They're going to find a way to, to take it in the end. That's how I felt in the first quarter. Um, you saw the Heat playing great defense. We started out slow shooting the ball. For some reason, the Heat wings, like uh, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, they were getting to the rim at will and getting some calls, too, from the refs. So I was like, okay, so they're, gonna, they're definitely going to take it to us, um, especially with Aiden down low, playing terrible defense for some reason in the first quarter, first, second quarter. Mm-hmm. That was miserable. So I was like, okay, so the Suns need to wake up. I mean, they did later on, but... Man, they started out super slow in this game, but I still wasn't too worried. Were you worried at all? I don't know if I was worried, but I was concerned, which I guess is kind of the same thing, but not. But let me try to explain it. I was afraid of a flat game. You know, the Suns have come out with such intensity, both on offense and defense. The cheerleading, everybody getting into it, that team feel. It's, it's an emotional roller coaster that they go through throughout the game. And I was concerned that this was going to be the game where they came out and they just looked flat. With that first quarter, as you mentioned, the way it started, it felt like that's what was occurring. They couldn't hit the three balls. They were letting guys do the Dallas, if you will. I mean, Dallas's game plan against the Suns was let's just take the ball to the hoop as early and often and get yeah. DeAndre Ayton either flustered or in foul trouble because we know that there's not a lot of backline depth. I mean, Frank Kaminsky is the next tallest guy on the team, and he's been playing horrible. The Suns have he's been playing so horrible that the Suns have had to put Dario Saric in a center. And I think it's funny because I'd like to call Dario Saric like a poor, poor, poor man's Magic Johnson because he can play center and point Dario. He's doing everything out there. Like it's like the 1980 NBA finals. But I think that when you started to see Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson take it to the hoop, you're like, oh no, man, this is not what I was expecting. But I knew that the tides would eventually turn because it did with Dallas. Dallas started off saying, hey, let's just punch it in there. And they got us in foul trouble. Miami didn't. But they're like, let's just punch it in there, punch it in there, punch it in there. But at the end of the day, the team becomes who the team is. And that is a three-point shooting team, and I knew that they were going to start to take those threes. So if we could sustain their initial run, their initial, their initial onslaught, I felt that there was a good chance that given how our benches performed and how Devin Booker quite frankly has performed that we would be in it at the end for sure and that's what kind of occurred because you just had that feeling where it was like um booker he's playing like he was earlier in the season where he was playing really actually phenomenal and a lot of people didn't notice of course because he didn't make the all-star game but he is playing that way again so it's almost like he's taking over he's the number one of this team uh the only thing that i was really upset with really is just da's play and it was it was kind of like he was seriously looked like he was stoned out there. I don't know what was going on, but he had a hard time being guarded by anybody. But that always happens a lot. I feel like it's it's always like, especially with like the Rockets team, where they are very, very small. It's like, you know, you got to take advantage of the height you have down below. But it always seems like it's an issue with the Suns. And I don't maybe it's a lot of teams are that way. Where we have the mismatches. I know Adebayo is a big body, and he's very, very physical. But for D.A. to go up against anybody else under the basket and not produce was very disappointing to me to where I thought 
it would be an issue for the the Miami Heat, and it wasn't. Like they had, they had did did not have to worry about Eden in this game at all. I don't think he was not really a factor until maybe even the third quarter. Um, him and Mikael Bridges. Bridges is the other one where I don't know where he's at. Maybe you can explain to me where what kind of game he's playing right now. I mean, he's playing mm-hmm. fine defensively. I've seen stuff on Twitter where he has his guys in jail or whatever. You know, he's locking them down. But honestly, even the TJ Warren game, I don't know if he's really playing. Of course, the, the scrimmages he played great. But I don't know if he's really playing the way I expected him to play on defense. I don't really see the same Mikael Bridges, unless it's there and I'm just not paying attention correctly. But, I mean, do you know where he's been, or is he playing fine Yeah, well, I, I feel like the issue with Bridges is he's putting in so many miles every game. They're doing everything they can to run high screen rolls with him to get switches, and he's fighting through them or going around them. I mean, so in this game, yeah, he did play really good defense. I feel he just was playing in recovery mode the whole time because he was trying to get through switches. I mean, that's how Duncan Robinson was getting to the hoop, is they would do a high screen with Jay Crowder. It would knock Bridges around, you know. So, I mean, Bridges, who's not a big guy, is taking a pounding defensively because he knows that he is the guy that the offense is keyed in on. They need to get him off of whoever they want to score. So I feel like Mikel Bridges is having kind of that – that sophomore, you know, I wouldn't say slump, but he's definitely – teams are very cognizant of him. And they are very cognizant that they need to stop him on defense. So they're going to make him work on defense. And you see it on the offensive side. I mean, he only had 10 points. He went 3 for 11 from the field, 0 for 4 from downtown. I mean, Bridges – and that's kind of been the, the par for the course right now. He's having a hard time. Uh, you talk about him against T.J. Warren. There was two times in that game where T.J. Warren just put a nasty crossover and went right by Bridges. Yeah. But then the rest of the game, though, I really feel that Bridges did a good job hustling and – creating shot deterrence. I mean, with those long arms, he, was, he has yeah. the ability to, to at least affect a shooter. And I feel like that also occurred in this game against Miami. I don't expect him to go out there and score, you know, 18 to 25 points. We talked about in the scrimmages. Wouldn't that be amazing if he did, if he had that complete game where he was scoring 18 points a game and shutting guys down defensively, like that is some nearly all-star type shit, but he's just not there yet. And he's learning now that when you're known as a defensive stopper, people are going to try to stop you from being effective. And that's what, that's yeah. what I just I noticed in this game, that he was just getting picked off on every play, back screens. I mean, he must have got screened three times per that's play. That's true, yeah. His body was flailing all over the place. And that's what happens, like you said, like these teams are going to notice that. And they're still young, too. So Booker is like the only one on our team, obviously, where there's probably a game plan against him, but it doesn't matter because Booker is basically the guy that's going to find his shot. He's going to get the other guys in the game too as well, whatever you put on them on defense. So they'll learn. Mikhail Bridges and Aiden will learn to to adjust. And those are things I get frustrated about during the game. But then after, it's like you hear Monte talk about um, just the fight that they had. But maybe I just don't see it like he does, maybe just because they're so young. But sometimes it does frustrate me. But Monte seems to be okay with it right now. Well, and there's a difference between Booker trying to create offense and having double teams come at him and Mikel Bridges trying to play defense and having three picks set to try to stop him from playing defense. It's just a completely different type of basketball. Now, that being said, one of the reasons Devin Booker has become such a prolific scorer, even though he went 0 for 7 from downtown in this game, he went 15 
for was it 15 for 19 from the two point range and scored 35 points is yeah. he's seen him he's seen it a lot he has a lot of reps at seeing defenses yeah. throw things at him Mikael Bridge is going to get the same thing the more he plays the more he's getting challenged with double picks back picks uh you know all these different defensive sets designed to stop him he's going to get used to how to navigate those things and we'll, we'll see a productive Mikael Bridges it's just not going to happen over a span of like three games. It's going to take a season of him seeing these things consistently. DeAndre Ayton, on the other hand, that's, again, I was with you. You know, he, he somehow, some way gets his, gets his numbers. You know, he got 18 and 12 in this game, and eight of those came in the fourth quarter. So up until the fourth quarter, he had, you know, 10 points and uh, seven rebounds. And, he, I mean, they, they were – purposely the the Suns were purposely trying to create mismatches for him by doing switches to get Jay Crowder on him who's their small forward and he would just pass out of it or you know throw up a dinky fadeaway uh what really annoyed me in this game about DA was he just wasn't crashing the glass this is an undersized team like every shot you should just be crashing the glass if his team's shooting the ball he's running down the court already while it's in the air it's like dude go get the offensive board in this one man I mean he just he ended up with three offensive boards, but he could have had like 10 because of the undersized front line of the heat. And he just kind of mentally made a decision that he wanted to run back on defense before he went and crashed the offensive glass, or he wanted to get there on offense instead of crashing the defensive boards. And it just, that's what frustrated me. And again, we've talked about it before where he's more of a finesse player. He's not an impose your will kind of player, but it's like, I'm not even asking him to impose his will. It's like, just crash the boards, man. Yeah, but the thing is, too, when he is open, like when they have a passing lane, it's still like they cannot get him the ball for some reason. But then even if they do, he brings the ball down. He did it once in this game where he had the ball above his head, where he had the ball, and he seriously just kept it above his head and then easily laid it in. That's all he has to do, and for some reason, he's having trouble still bringing the ball down and getting it swiped away. And then he's getting blocked by by these smaller forwards. Like, I just, I don't understand that part of it. Like, I just don't know. I mean, of course, we don't know where the ferocity is in Aiden, but still, I just want him to be able to get those shots over those small guys, which just seems to be, like, such an effort. He seemed like a zombie today. It was a very, very strange game for him. Yeah, it's, it's, he was sleepwalking, man. And, again, I, I was afraid of the Suns coming out flat, and DeAndre was personifying that in the first three quarters of the game. And you're just like, dude, like, if he doesn't come in and try to, you know, dominate we're not going to yeah. win now he now he did in the fourth quarter and again again you got to give credit to this guy you know he does in the duration of a game figure out what's going to work for him and he executes it because in that fourth quarter eight points five boards three from five from the field two for two from the line i mean he hit two big free throws in the last couple minutes that almost sealed the game and so i mean it, it, it's like the yin and the yang with deandre ayton it's like you're so frustrated because you know the talent that he has and you see him sleepwalking and you're like, come on, man, get your shit together. And the fourth quarter happens, and then he has a good quarter, and you're like, okay, well, there's, there's the DA that I just wish he'd played like that for four quarters. And maybe it's the fact that this was game five, the legs are starting to get to some of these guys. You know, that, that's another concern that we're going to have here, and we'll talk about here in a second, about how it's going to be a challenge when we play OKC because, you know, everybody's tired, and we play, we're playing an eight-man rotation right now. So, I mean, uh, you know, Frank Kaminsky isn't really doing anything at all, so – you know, I don't even consider him part of the part Yeah, of the I know, right? Team, and Diallo, Diallo must be just, like, terrible. Yeah, don't, don't even play Diallo. Yeah. Don't even play him. him. Him and Ty Jerome, like, I'm okay. I'm okay with the fact that the Suns are playing a nine-man rotation, even though Frank, I take, is, you know, not a man because three minutes in this game, 0 for 3, you know. But I just wish that there was, like, only 
I wish there was one more guy. I wish like Kelly Oubre had the ability to come off the bench or uh, Aaron Baines had the ability to come off the bench and at least give us five minutes. Like I don't need a bunch from them. I just need a little bit to, to spell some of the starters. Cause I mean, they're racking up the minutes, man. Mikel Bridges had 38 minutes in this game. Aiton had 36 Booker had 35. I mean, those are minutes that are taxing and one of these games, they're physically not going to be able to perform, and that's going to be the reason why. Yeah, dude. But honestly, I mean, those minutes aren't too terrible just because I feel like, I mean, it's only been five games, but the nine-man rotation you hit on it, we need to have that. But it's must-win basketball, so you can't be playing these guys that are not going to be No, exactly. So. Yeah, we're not, we're not experimenting at this point. You yeah. know, it's, if they're empty minutes, they're not playing. And, and kudos to Monty. I mean, he continues to showcase his ability to – put in the right guy at the right time he's solidified rotations which is something that i felt he tinkered with too much during the year yeah and it led to some losses uh i mean we were unbelievably critical throughout the season about how you know why are you taking out ricky rubio with five minutes left in the game to get him a two-minute rest at, with three and then the team loses because those two minutes ended up being unbelievably valuable so i think that he's really done a good job uh right in the hot hand i mean javon carter in this game we got to talk Javon, man. I mean, I am unbelievably impressed with how he came out. He said uh, before the game, he's telling one of the coaches that he was going to hit five threes. He hit six in this game. He scored 20 points. Uh, he played the entire fourth quarter. He played half of the third in the entire fourth. And Monty just kept him in there. He's like, dude, you carry us, boy. Carry us, bulldog. Take us to the finish line. How impressed are you with Javon, Javon Carter's performance in this game and just in the bubble period? Well, the whole bubble, he's been fantastic. This game, though, he really saved us. There's always that one guy to step up. Uh, last game, it was Cameron Payne. And mm-hmm. actually, both of them, Campaign and Javon Carter, even though Campaign only had uh, five points, you, he just makes a difference in there, man. But, uh, yeah, Javon Carter, the player of the game, absolutely hitting those – hitting every three. It was, like, basically like Booker was just giving him the ball, like, shoot yep. the ball. And that's, and that's why you love Booker because he seriously is the guy now to where he'll find the hot hand. And I love it because what happens is, like, Javon Carter's hot. Booker will kind of go uh, unknown. He's just facilitating. You don't even, like, notice him on the floor because he's already given the hot hand the ball. So that's what I love the most, dude. And for Monty to actually keep him in, I feel like that's something where uh, – am I saying it right? Monty, yeah, Monty. Monty, well, yeah. Monty, it's not yeah. Monte. Monte, <laughs> Monte Patan. Uh, shout, shout out to Dave King for correcting Matthew for saying Monte, Monte all season. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, he it's almost Monty. jumped off a cliff, I guess, hiking or something. Yeah, he's yeah. like, dude, I can't take this anymore. It's, it's, Matthew keeps saying – and I keep saying Dragic wrong. It's yeah. Dragic. Dragic. <laughs> yeah. Goran Dragic. Uh, whatever. The, the score and gore, and it's, um, we're sorry, Dave. We're just not good at pronunciating things, okay? Forgive us. Anyways, you were saying, Matthew. Yeah, so what I was saying was uh, basically Monte is keeping this lineup in there when they're hot. He's not taking them out. He's leaving these guys in when they're feeling it. And that's one thing I feel like during even the regular season he had issues with maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. But right here in the bubble, he's making the best um, decisions. Sometimes there's some timeouts. I feel like he should still call. Um, but yeah, honestly, he's, he's doing a lot better than he has during the regular season. And Javon Carter, 26 minutes in this game, seven for 10 from the field, six for eight from downtown for a total of 20 points, four rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. And that block was probably my favorite part of the game. He goes down, he gets blocked, uh, by Bam Adebayo. Yes. Bam Adebayo gets the ball, runs down the court. 
And Carter's just on his hip the whole time pestering him. And Bam's like, fuck it, I'm taking it all the way to the hoop because DA's in there and he's not going to stop him. And he goes to get the ball and then he gets blocked by uh, or stolen by uh, uh, Javon Carter who takes the ball, goes back the other way and gives it to DA for a nice, easy field goal. And I think that just personified Javon Carter. I mean, some players will get blocked on a play, hang their head, jog back down. And Javon Carter got blocked and he's like, no, I'm I'm up in your shorts this entire uh, length of the court, and it's just so impressive to see this guy day in and day out. Just his, his dedication to being the best defensive guy he can be, to be the best teammate he can be, to be the best offensive guy he can be. I mean, it doesn't always deliver, but the effort's always there. You can never fault yeah. Javon Carter. The, the issues we have with Aiton are the exact opposite with Javon Carter. And I absolutely exactly. love this guy. I think that he's one of those guys who we – got to bring back next year have you to know, we have to bring him back next year give him his money i don't care yeah, pay him i mean it can't be much i mean he's not going to probably garner much million, market, maybe. but he could you know i mean i think that one of the disadvantages to positive performance in the bubble is you're you're on display for the rest of the league to see so if you're yeah. one of those guys who is a unrestricted free agent you're having a good bubble uh teams are taking notice and javon carter might have the opportunity to get, make a payday out of this i hope that comes from the phoenix suns yeah because you have to keep him and campaign together i feel like it's kind of like yes. you give javon the nicer contract but then you're not really paying campaign exactly so you know you can have both of them if you give javon the money he wants i i feel like you need this to come back next year if any if he, any of these guys leave somehow i'd be very upset unless there's better return of course but We'll, we'll see very much. what happens with the draft and Kelly Uber. I mean, there's so much offseason stuff true, that yeah. we'll get into, you know, and I don't really want to talk about any of that right now because we're five and zero in the bubble and we are just, we're rolling right now. I think that the heat, like I said, you know, they are who we thought they were and they ended up going five for 19 in the second half from downtown. That was their struggle. You know, they, they're a three point shooting team, the best three point shooting team in the league and they didn't perform and it played in the sun's favor, you know, you need to get some of those breaks. Another one of those breaks was earlier in the day, Dame Lillard missing two free throws against the Clippers by Patrick Beverly's yelling Dame time at him and shit. And, you know, every little bit helps. And the Suns have an opportunity to perhaps sneak in there and get that nine seed. It's going to be really, really hard because Portland is a phenomenal team. Uh, they're the team that I believe will end up with that eight seed. I just hope that, uh, you know, they lose a couple games. The Suns win a few more and we're talking playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah. We're talking the- playoffs. All they need to do is just win the uh, win the one, or I'm sorry, lose lose one more game. Portland just needs to lose one more game, and then the Suns need to win out for us to actually take overs. So that'd be nice. Well, and you know, I see all the different scenarios, and thank you to everybody who puts those out there on Twitter and Instagram, where they're saying, "Hey, if this happens, and this happens, and this happens," I'm not even reading those right now because yeah, I'll I'll just get too frustrated. It's almost like if you if you ever have gambled and you're betting an over and under. And you're sitting there like, I need this to happen, this happen, this happen in the last 45 seconds in order for me to hit my bet. You know what? I'm just going to take it nice and easy and just go handle your business, sons. As long as you're handling your business, that's all you can do. Focus about what you can control. All the other stuff will take care of itself if you focus on what you can control. And all, and all they can control right now is their performance. And it's been nothing but spack, spectacular. <laughs> it's been spectacular. <laughs> it's been spectacular and unbelievable to watch. It's, it, you, you know, you... It's interesting how people come out of the woodwork when the Suns start playing well. I mean, I'm getting long text messages from friends who don't give a shit about basketball for the last 10 years. I have friends on Twitter who have written the Suns off and I've had conversations with them on Twitter saying, hey, 
don't write this team off, man. They're a good team. The, the culture's yeah. changed. Monty Williams has changed the culture. They're like, yeah, I'll believe when they start winning. And then they're hitting me up on Twitter and be like, hey, I'm, I'm back on the bandwagon. I'm like, fuck yeah, man. Welcome aboard. You know, it's just, it's so awesome when the Suns play well, how this city gets behind them. Because remember this, Phoenix is a basketball first city. Yes, the, the Cardinals are somebody are a team that everybody gets behind because they've had recent success. The Dimebacks are a team that nobody gives a shit about because everybody's from somewhere else around here and the Dimebacks never really play very well. I mean, they've gone they won the World Series in 01 and that was, you know, almost 20 years ago now. So, but the Suns have been here since 1968. So there's multiple generational uh love for this team and memories. Everybody has a memory of the Suns. Everybody and now we're they're creating new memories in the bubble, and it's just it's fan fucking fantastic. Yeah, and who else who else better to lead it than Devin Booker? Really, just yeah, the, man. the right because like I just have to say like all this trade talk, everything, even the Draymond thing where Draymond pointed out to get him out of Phoenix. Yeah, fuck I Draymond just, Green, real quick. I know just to have Booker. He's such a humble humble dude to where he's never commented on wanting to be out of Phoenix. I'm sure he's had very very much a lot of frustration. And mm-hmm. it's behind the scenes. He's never let any of the fans, anybody hear any of it. And he's here just kind of like falling in Damon, Damian Lillard's uh, shoes a little bit to where he wants to be the guy of this franchise. Just like Kobe Bryant, he wants to stick with one franchise for forever. And I really truly believe that. And he, all, the, all the hard work is really paying off in the bubble right now. Yeah, and he's getting the exposure that uh, it's funny seeing how many people are, are starting to talk about Devin Booker as – you know, oh, hey, this guy's pretty good. It's like, yeah, he's been good for a while, man. You guys are just now finding out. And it's, it's, just, yeah, he's the same Booker from this season. Like, is, this is the way he, he is. was playing before the All Star break. The After the All Star break, he kind of fell off. But before that, like, he, this is the way he's played. He just hit that buzzer beater and we're five and no, oh, it's all winning. Winning just, you know, cures everything. Winning, it does. It really does. And simple you know, he, he, he's got 26.4 points per game now on the season. Uh, he's going to need to really go off in these last three games if he ever wants to catch the Tom Chambers average, which is the Phoenix Suns record for uh, points per game in a season. But he's just continuing to showcase why he is the future of this franchise and why he wants to be here. I mean, because we've turned the corner. We really have. I mean, even if the Suns lose the next three games, and Lord knows we none of us want that to happen, but even if they do, this has been unbelievably productive for the Suns as a franchise. Everything that we've wanted to happen has happened for this team. They're growing together. They're fortifying the culture. They're showing Devin Booker that, guess what, D-Book? We can win, and you can be part of it. You don't have to be the reason for it. Because you look at that fourth quarter against Miami, Booker only scored four points, man. He had 31 points entering that fourth quarter. He ended with 35. Bridges had six. Aiden had eight. Rubio had five. Javon Carter had eight. The team scored 31 points, and only four of them were Devin Booker. Think about that. In a game where they won seven points, and it was closer than the seven points, it wasn't just Devin Booker. Things like that fortify to Devin Booker why he's here. Because they've turned the corner for this team. And he gets to be a part of it, and he gets to ride that wave of success, as, and he deserves it. And it's, yeah. it makes me so happy to see. And he's, he has the three assists, too. Like I'm saying, he's moving the ball around to yeah. make sure that the, the players that, are, that are, are really feeling it, they have to have the ball. And he's just making sure of that. He's, he's just on another level. I, I mean, he is. on the court, it's, it's, it's insane. I mean, we've said in the past he's the number two, maybe number three on a championship team. He might still be that guy, number two or something, but right now he's just, um, I don't know. He's number one right now, I would say. No, I the way he's playing. Completely agree. 
Uh, real quick on Draymond Green, I just want to uh, say if, if if anybody has not read Dave King's piece on Bright Side of the Sun about the Draymond Green situation, I think that perfectly personifies everything that needs to be said about Draymond. I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to waste my breath talking about some jackass who's tampering and trying to uh, justify why Dev Booker should leave Phoenix. The guy's just, again, creating that national narrative. And again, kudos to Devin Booker for not responding, not saying anything, just continuing and taking care of his business. Yeah. No, that's, that's Booker, though. He's not going to respond to that stuff. And even like, because no matter what he does on Twitter, if he says anything, like I remember the 2K tournament, he said he wanted to play with the Suns. And they was like, oh, he doesn't want to be with the Suns. Like, he knows people will read too much into what his tweets are and stuff. So he stays away yep. from that. And that's why I love Smart. him. I love that part of him. Smart. Well, next up for the Suns at 1130 on Monday is the Oklahoma City Thunder. So Oklahoma City is currently two and two in the bubble. They're 42 and 26 on the year, which is good for fifth in the Western Conference. And they're currently kind of a schizophrenic team because, you know, they beat, I think, the Lakers and the Clippers, but they lost to Denver and the Grizzlies. They get their ass kicked by the Grizzlies in the last, uh, their last game, which kind of sucks because that's a team that we really wanted them to beat. Um, yeah. But they, yeah, they lost 121 to 92 to Memphis. So uh, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of this year's version of the Thunder? Very surprising. Mm-hmm. I would say like right off the bat, just uh, a team that you thought would restart rebuilding, uh, maybe trade Chris Paul, like maybe this season or going into the off season, but it doesn't look like that. And I, Kudos to uh, Chris Paul, definitely. Be- just because he came in there and you thought, like I said earlier, like he's going to be traded, but he's not. He's taking over the team and he's leading. And he's doing a better job than a lot of people thought. And this is probably one of the scariest teams. I feel like it would probably go the Lakers, Clippers, and then probably OKC as like mm-hmm. the third scariest team that you do not want to play. Maybe I would rather play the Lakers right now over OKC, but OKC is just definitely is a, pro- a surprise right now to me. Yeah, I mean, when you lose Russell Westbrook to Houston and then you lose Paul George to the Clippers and all you get in return is Chris Paul and a shit ton of picks and SGA. Chris Paul, SGA, and a shit ton of picks. You really think that this is going to be a rebuilding year for OKC. You think that this is just a temporary stop in the road for Chris Paul on his way to New York or uh, some other large market. And it didn't happen this season. I mean, they came out, they played well. Uh, they beat the Suns twice this year. They beat them 126 to 108 on December 20th, and then 111 to 107 on January 31st. And I remember that game very uh, vividly. That was a like Chris Paul versus Devin Booker right after they announced the All-Stars, and Chris Paul won that game. And you thought that this would be a team that, you know, would just kind of try to get to the, this upcoming offseason to play with all the new, you know, shiny toys that they had. And they didn't. They refused to follow that narrative and they've continued to surprise teams. And I, what was really interesting is how they've done it. They've done it with Chris Paul, SGA, and Dennis Schroeder kind of playing that three-guard uh, lineup and really uh, doing a good job with the rotations there. And then, of course, Steven Adams down low. And they've been nothing but impressive to me. And you're right. They do scare me. I don't know how scared I am of them going into this game. Uh, Schroeder has left the bubble. Um, right, he left the bubble, right? Yeah, he's he not playing. Yeah, he no, left. yeah, his his wife's having a baby. That's right. That's yeah, right. I think yeah. it's his wife. Yeah, so so he's about to be a new father. So congratulations, congratulations to Dennis Schroeder. Uh, Steven Adams is day to day right now, so we don't even know if he's going to play tomorrow. So we're kind of in that realm where we were before the, we played the Heat. Is a couple of key players on the team we're about to play. We don't know if they're going to play yet. 
and that makes them less scary to me in this game. But I see what you're saying in the playoffs itself. If everybody's there and they are healthy, right now they would play the Rockets. They have the ability to catch the Rockets for the four seed, which just means that they would play the Rockets. Uh, or they could drop all the way to the six seed. I think they're only a game ahead of the six seed, and that would put them playing the Denver Nuggets. Uh, but regardless of who they play, they're going to be an interesting team because they have firepower, but most importantly, they have the leadership of Chris Paul. Uh, and I just, he, you know, you can't, you can't put a number on how important that is to a team. Yeah. He actually, he just figures out how to win and he can be down by however much or up by however much going to the last five minutes of a fourth quarter. And if you're playing against Chris Paul, it might not be him shooting the ball, but sometimes it is. And if he is, He's very clutch, and honestly, he's clutch, too, in playmaking situations to find the right guy. Their defense is pretty locked down, too, as well, dude. And honestly, yeah. uh, Danilo Gallinari, a guy that we wanted his sons to trade for or maybe to get in the offseason, um, I, I love this guy. So you have to work out, look out for him. But, I, again, this is, it's another team that's going to have missing players, so we got to take advantage of that and just really hopefully we'd lock down uh, Chris Paul and then worry about – the other guys after well if it's a close game it will be scary because chris paul if you look at his clutch time performance as far as points are concerned he's the seventh best in the league you know you look at his field goal percentage and he's right up there i mean his clutch time stats are pretty nasty and so obviously if it's close you know what you're going to get you're going to get a heavy dosage um of chris paul so that's something that obviously the suns hopefully can you know, just outscore them and put them away like Memphis did because then you don't have have to deal with that. You know, I mean, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're 20th in the league in scoring at 110.4 a game. Uh, so, I mean, they're not going to overwhelm you with their scoring. Uh, you know, they're not one of those teams that really relies on the three ball too much. Uh, they are actually 27th in the league in threes taken, which is such a far cry from everything that we've seen so far in the bubble. You know, we've played Dallas, who shoots, I think, the second most threes. We've played Miami, who makes, from a percentage standpoint, uh, the most threes. And now you're going to go against a team that's looking to defensively grind it out against you and uh, try to win that way. I think if the matchups are right, I think it almost plays into the Suns' hands because our wings have been playing very well. We didn't even talk about Cam Johnson in the the Heat game, and I was unbelievably impressed again by Cam Johnson. He is low-key one of the best players playing in the bubble right now. I mean, he consistently is uh, playing really good switch defense. His athletic ability is, I think, shocking to players because, I mean, he can one-two dunk, and you're like, whoa, how would he get there so quick? But I think that if the matchup is right against OKC, he's somebody who could also obviously contribute a great deal to them. They just, they just need an opportunity to, uh, you know, to be healthy, and I think that this might be a game where they – it might play into our into our uh, into our hands. You know, Terrence Ferguson, somebody who on their team who, you know, plays a lot of games but doesn't really play well. Uh, obviously, Stephen Adams is Stephen. If Stephen Adams is playing this game, I'm really scared for the Suns' chances to win because he will just manhandle DeAndre Ayton, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't even think people would worry about that because it's going to like come with the game. If Stephen Adams is down low against Ayton. Uh, he's had trouble with him in the past. He's still well in this game. Um, so what we can hopefully count on is DA shooting from the outside, maybe getting that to go down or even shooting a three. Uh, that's what we would have to see, I think, to be uh, to show any kind of positivity in this game if Steven Adams is playing just for Aiden, at least. All right, so what's, uh, what's your prediction, my man? Uh, I think the Suns win. I'm going to say Suns win uh, by five. 
Okay. And uh, I think we, we were both off by a point last time. We both said it was going to be six points. I was, okay. I was a little lower than the final score. But I think that this will be more of a defensive game. I think that the Suns have the ability to play some pretty good defense, which is crazy to see, by the way. I mean, this, seeing the Suns have the ability to consistently play defense the entire game has been such a pleasant surprise. I mean, campaign, Javon Carter, then you have Mikel Bridges, Cam uh, Johnson, and DeAndre Ayton, that is great at defense. He just wasn't against Miami. But the fact that we have a consistent defensive threat as a team, it's just, it's weird to see. Like normally a couple guys will play good on defense and the bench comes in and just like, you know, shit show. And then we try to, then, then we're, you know, playing uphill the rest of theirs. But I think this will be kind of a more of a low scoring game. I'm going to say Suns 105, Oklahoma City Thunder 97. Okay. So that's my that's final prediction. That's thank you. Thank you very much. I like that. I, I try to make it respectable. Uh, I think now it's now time to bring in Sarah Dewberry from Welcome to Loud City. All right, we are super excited to welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast Sarah Dewberry, who is the editor in chief of Welcome to Cloud or Cloud. Welcome to Loud City, which is <laughs> which is OKC's uh, SB Nation site. Sarah, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Oh, Thanks for being here. We're welcome. on cloud nine. Yes, we are on cloud nine. <laughs> <laughs> rumor has it that cloud nine's a local strip club in uh, tulsa oklahoma so that's uh we're not on that cloud nine but we're we're living it up the suns are now five and oh in the bubble so we're hoping to go six and oh against you guys uh will you abide will you rest some players for us uh i hope they give you guys your first loss sorry oh, please, please yeah you, you know that's five podcasts in a row we've heard that i know but it probably <laughs> won't happen you guys will probably go undefeated oh i hope I so yeah so oh, i gotta ask on a scale of one to ten how surprised are you with the performance of the thunder this season uh an eight like yeah. i thought i thought the lakers and the clippers would give them the most headache little did i know that the grizzlies and the nuggets would be the ones that would just just throw a wrench into my plan i don't know it's i'm after the Memphis game, I was completely speechless. I was just like, how do you lose by almost 30 points? To that team. To that team, yeah. <laughs> we really could use your help on that one, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everybody else could too. Was it, uh, was it hard to say goodbye to Paul George? Um, maybe more so Russell Westbrook? No, I was, ready really? for, I was ready for Russell to go. Oh, okay. How come? Um, well, I mean, it's... I can't really say why, but there was just a lot of stuff behind the scenes oh, that was going on, um, you know, and I would actually take Kevin Durant over Russell. Wow. Okay. Like if it was down to those two for a kickball or basketball or baseball, I would pick Durant over Westbrook. Paul George, did you have enough time to even develop an emotional connection to him as a player? Not me, no. no. I mean, there may have been other people that may have. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him. He's cool. He's laid back. He's chill. But, you know, he he wasn't here long enough. It's like Carmelo. Yeah. He wasn't here mm -hmm. long enough. Um, but, you know, it's, it's nice kind of seeing Chris Paul here uh, before the bubble, or before, I guess, like the season got postponed. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris Paul said this is probably this Thunder team right now is the best Thunder team he's ever or the best team he's ever played on um, and I wow. think that's just because a lot of the kids are young they're what average age is 23 and Chris Paul's been around 15 years so everyone kind of looks to him as their Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> and you know they look to him as a leader and what's cool is that he looks to the youngins too to learn things 
And so it's not like I'm in charge. I'm the veteran. You need to listen to me. It's like, what can we both learn from each other and make this a viable team? And I think that's what's so fun and great about this team is because I feel like that's not how Russell Westbrook worked. So, um, yeah, so it's been, it's been fun, but this bubble thing has just, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> well, I mean, your team's gone two and two in the bubble. Does that come short of meet or exceed your expectations thus far? I Very mean, two short. and two's average. Yeah. And you know, you, like I said, I thought the Clippers and the Lakers would be the ones to kind of give them, but you know, when they entered after the Nuggets game, Mm -hmm. to play the Lakers it was like they had a chip on their shoulder because they were up by what seven points before like with four minutes left in the game the game should not have gone into overtime they should have but turnovers and fouls were just awful mm -hmm. so they had a chip on their shoulder to and then you know it, it's kind of weird it's like did the Thunder actually win the game or did the Lakers yes. lose the game yeah. because the Lakers had already clinched the number one seed they weren't I mean they're kind of just like whatever you know we'll just kind of play blah 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 so uh, I go back and forth whether or not who lost the game and who actually won the game. So, you know, they're in here on this high that they beat the number one seed and then they got dismantled. But they were also without a lot of players, too. Ferguson, Muscala, Schroeder, and then Adams. Yeah, and sure. then Scratch. And I didn't know that Adams, you know, with the loss of him because of that nasty fall and the leg thing mm -hmm. that he with the Lakers – that, you know, just to ear on the side of caution, which was fine, but for him to go down and then, I don't know. It was just, it was odd. It was like, this is not Thunder basketball that I'm used to. Yeah. Uh, would you rather them play Houston in the first round or maybe drop to the sixth seed and play Denver? Oh, no. I want them to play the Rockets. Do you? So, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. take a shot great, at Russell. Great, yeah, it'll be a great series you know, for the Thunder to come in and just dismantle the Rockets and send Russell and Harden home early. That would be the cherry <laughs> on top. I mean, you don't even need to win the NBA Finals. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you guys can lose in the second round. I don't care. But if you get the Rockets first round and send them home in four, six games, mm -hmm. I'm all for it. Well, so, I mean, it's, it's welcome to Loud City. Do you think that not having fans is clearly a disadvantage for OKC? Um. Yes and no. I mean, I feel like, you know, the bench could probably – I mean, if you looked at what happened last night with, the, what, the Trailblazers and the Clippers, you know, the Clippers were all about getting into Lillard's head. So, you know, they can make up for it. But I don't – I don't know. I don't see the Thunder really being the trash-talking, loud, obnoxious team that they maybe should be. So maybe uh -huh. it's a little bit of an effect on them. But I don't think it's like, you know, do or die – for them so yeah maybe it does but sometimes maybe not well besides like chris paul or even sga is there another player that maybe the suns fans should know about going into this matchup someone maybe that's flying under the radar Ooh, good question um trying to think not i mean mm, not really i mean if schroeder was on the team schroeder would be the one to look yeah. out for definitely yeah. um but i don't really don't know when he's coming back um, you know, Adams is a big force to reckon with. So who knows if he's going to be, I mean, he's listed day to day, mm -hmm. so not sure. Um, but I would, I would say Adams just because he's, he's an awesome force on the court and off the court. And what's really cool about him, and you probably already know this, is that when Adams conducts interviews, he does them barefoot. 
Like he is the most really laid yes, he is the most laid back. Like if I could spend a day with anybody uh, in in the present NBA, there's there's a list, but Adams would be number one, just because he would just be so chill, so cool. And I would probably get an eight pack abs because I'd be laughing so much. <laughs> you know? like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I didn't even think we were. So yeah, so he's he's really fun. And but but when he gets on the court, it's all business. Oh yeah. And then oh, when he's yeah. off the court, it's he's like a you know a twelve year old boy sometimes. It's just goofy and wants to have fun and you know laid back and chill. And so yeah, I would I would watch out for Adams if he gets on and. You know, would, he, would he, he be a good drinking buddy? Oh, most and, definitely. And if so, what would yeah, he be he his like drink of choice? Is he like oh. a pina colada dude? No. No, like, I don't know. I can see him just like kicking back with pina colada. Uh, maybe to be a goofy. Yeah. Guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? But uh, I don't know. Maybe like a, that's a good question. I think he's kind of like a, I mean, what, what do they drink in New Zealand? Do they drink? I mean, I don't know what like their native drink is, but I, I would probably beer. Yeah, like, well, do you think he would, like, have Foster's, even though it's Australian for beer? No. He's like, no. He's like, no. Save that for Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines can have all the Foster's he wants. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Whatever. I just see him maybe drinking an IPA or, you know. Okay, yeah. I can, and, I can see know. that. Yeah. But what a, are, colada, we're a pina colada. <laughs> well, I mean, you said he's kind of, like, goofy, you know? Like, yeah. I know some guys, will, they'll do it just to be ironical. They're like, you'll give me a, a pina colada with an umbrella in it, you know, just to be goofy. Maybe if he's on vacation, but I don't see him going like, hey, go to New Zealand. Yeah. You guys want pineapple pizza? Let's just do it. Yeah. Steven Adams, make- if you ever listen to this, please don't kick my ass for that statement. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was Matthew who asked that, not John. <laughs> uh, so I got to, what are, what are your thoughts on Arizona State's own Lou Dort? Do you like him? Um, the kid that just exploded and was all over the Mavericks? Yeah. Uh, he's cool. I mean, he's blowing up Twitter, so he must be, he must be doing something right. <laughs> what, uh, what do you think the strengths are of the Thunder and what would you think their weaknesses are? Cause we would love to exploit those on Monday. So I think the weakness is Billy Donovan. Interesting. And the reason why I say that is because he did not utilize the bench because, you know, there was, um, I can't, the name already slips me and I can't think of it. Um, but there was one guy who played for only 19 minutes of the game and, you know, and he, you're, you're already down four players, right. And you're trying to use SGA, um, to kind of replace Schroeder, um, in a position that he's not really used to. So you're not utilizing the bench, which to me was kind of mind boggling, but you know, I, I don't know. I've never really been a big fan of Billy just because he mm. coached at Florida and I grew up a Miami hurricane fan. So I, yeah, I mean, that's just like, that's a whole different segment. But, <laughs> There's bad me, blood, bad blood. So I think the weakness is Billy Donovan, just because he doesn't know how to utilize a bench. And I think that's what kind of drove Scott Brooks out of the thunder because he never utilized the bench correctly. Like if you look at Popovich, I mean, Popovich won with, you know, the greats. But yeah. he utilized the the bench properly. He knew how to do it, and Billy does not. And that and that oh. really really showed with Memphis. That's really frustrating. It is very nice. frustrating. Yeah, but the um, the pro of the Thunder is I think the leadership of Chris Paul. 
you have him being able mm -hmm. to lead, you have him, people listening to him. Um, so, you know, if he's doing well, I think everybody else does really well. Um, I think also a negative was you also had four players out too. And yeah. I think the loss of Adams and Schroeder at the same time um, really showed that, you know, they, they really rely on Adams and Schroeder. So, yeah. Well, the Suns are five and zero right now, um, so we're doing fantastic. But besides maybe the bubble, how were the Suns perceived um, from your point of view through the season? Maybe going into the bubble, but right now I don't think we played this great in forever. But before the bubble, how were the Suns perceived to you? You know what? I'm going to be completely honest. I have never paid attention to them until Steve Nash retired. Like I, oh okay, yeah, well, that's so fine. I knew, I knew all about them, and then once he left, it's like okay, bye. Don't, don't know. Don't care. Um, yeah. So it's, it's nice that you guys are able to kind of fly under the radar and not bring so much flash and attention to yourself. Um, you know, when I saw that you guys were undefeated, I was like, Oh, um, I learned something new before coming onto this podcast. So Good for them, I, you know, yeah. And I hope you guys continue to do it. I, you know, the Raptors were kind of a surprise last year. Um, so, you know, you guys, deserve it because thank you honestly no one knows anything about phoenix unless it's connected to steve nash which is mm -hmm. me which is probably i mean there's probably a lot of people out there that are like who's who's even on their team does steve does steve nash even own the team like does he coach it so <laughs> you know there's You're just not wrong um so i hope you guys i go, hope you guys go far and you know do well thank you you're welcome. <laughs> we, we appreciate it. I mean, that's, it's yeah. been a decade since Steve Nash left. So it's been a decade of pain for Suns fans because we haven't been relevant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. SGA. I want to talk about him real quick. Uh, okay. He is somebody who I absolutely loved at Kentucky. I absolutely loved when he got drafted. I was actually kind of pissed because the Suns took Mikel Bridges. Uh, and then two picks later, he went to the Clippers. How much do you love him and what do you think his ceiling is? Because that kid is talented. He's very talented. But, you know, the frustrating part is that he's a little up and down. So he went, what, 3 of 11 against the Lakers mm -hmm. and went 3 of 13 against the, Lake, or against the Grizzlies. So, oh, yeah. you know, the Thunder really rely on him to score the ball. And he's being really, you know, counted on heavily since Schroeder left. Yeah. So it's just – it's, it's weird because it's like there's no inconsistent – it's very inconsistent with the Thunder, which to me has been just very odd because you come in and you're heavily favored. You're heavily favored to be, you know, top three in the Western Conference, I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, and now that they're, what, sixth now? So it's – he's great. He was great at Kentucky. He's great at in SGA and Chris Paul get along great, you know, uh, Chris Paul always said that he, yes, he's a leader because he's been there for so long, but he also looks to SGA to learn things from him. So their dynamic is really nice. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just weird. It's, it, it's not something that I'm used to watching him play. And you're just like, what are you like, like, what's off? Like, what's going on? Like, you know, what's your, your chi? What's your mental, um, mental game going on? And I think just having the loss of Schroeder and having mm -hmm. him kind of change and trying to replace Schroeder in a position that he's not really used to, and, and he's being 
you know, heavily counted on. I mean, if you look at what happened with like Westbrook and Durant during, you know, their NBA final run um, in the early 2000s. Yeah. So you have, you know, Russell passing the ball to Durant and Durant has to take that last second shot. That's not what Durant wants. That's not, that's not what he came in to do. I feel like that's kind of what the Thunders are having to rely on SGA and SGA is so trying to be the Thunder face mm-hmm. and it's, it's kind of messing with him a little bit. You know, he doesn't want, he wants all that, um, all that energy onto him, yeah. but it's just like, they're all throwing up baskets, hoping miraculously they fall in. Sometimes they do. Um, so it's, it's just been odd watching i mean not just him but everybody you're just like you know you sit back and you're just like what like what's going on what are you guys doing like i could try i mean i want to be out there and be like what are you doing (laughs) so yeah come on coach sarah you got to get out there and ask them come on what are you doing well the beautiful thing is you guys have so many assets coming up that you can fill in a lot of those holes and maybe take some pressure off sga by putting you know, somebody potentially with a lot of talent next to him, right? Right. But the thing is, is that Billy's got to be the one that knows how to do that. And he did not show that while they were playing the Grizzlies. Gotcha. Oh, well, Matthew, you want to ask the last question? Yeah. I mean, prediction for the game, the last five um, interviews we had, they chose the opposing team. So do you (laughs) want to choose OKC against the Suns over the Suns or... You know I mean, what? We, we uh, haven't beat you guys yet this year. Oh, and two. You know, I don't know. I mean, I hope we win because if I mean, if we lose against the Heat, <laughs> and I mean, it yeah. could it could reach DefCon four. I'm not kidding. Like Sam Presti may go in there and being like, like pull out his hair. <laughs> I mean, it's not as long, but you know, I, I don't know. It, I hope I hope we win, but it may be by like two or three points. Okay, that's what I need to know was what's the point spread because I got to bet on it. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that's uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, best of luck to you guys in the bubble. Actually, you're you're actually going to make the playoffs, so we'll we'll be rooting for you guys, especially against yeah, Houston. Definitely. I just I know a lot of people like Houston. I'm one who's just kind of anti watching the way that they play basketball. I understand it. I get it. I just don't like to watch it. I like to watch OKC. So. Uh, best of luck to you guys there. Can you let everybody know where they can read you and follow you? Um, so I, <laughs> I was actually taking a shower this morning and I thought about changing my Twitter handle, but for really? right now I'm, I'm not. Yeah. So if they want to, they can reach me on Twitter. It's Sarah underscore underscore Dewberry, not Newberry, <laughs> Dewberry. Dewberry. Okay. Um, and then on Instagram at Missy SPN. Um, I think I don't have TikTok. I'm too old. I have bad knees. <laughs> Run, <laughs> running destroyed them. Uh, maybe, oh, yeah? maybe, I may have to be like 40 and getting knee replacements. Like it's bad. Oh, it's what did awful. you do? Just running, huh? Just running. You know, running was a kid and a teenager, and you know, didn't stretch before and just who needs stretching? Yeah, yeah. Just about stretching. <laughs> Now I'm like yoga and yeah. <laughs> trying to like strengthen. No, like uh, it's awful. Um, trying to think what else. I don't have a YouTube channel. I mean, the, I like where can they read it. you though? Huh? They can read you at Loud City, right? Welcome yeah, to Loud City. Loud Boom. City. Yeah, totally. So check, 
Check it out, fellow Brightsiders. You got to check out everything that Sarah's doing over there. Uh, thank you ever so much for coming on the pod with us. Best of luck to you guys at the bub. Hey, you too. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> thank you again to Sarah Dewberry for hanging out with the Suns Jam Session podcast. Uh, a lot of great energy from her, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of uh, inside stories, too. We'll have to have her back on to like go from uh, going to behind the scenes OKC back there, you know? Oh, yeah. Get, she's get definitely stories. Got- She's got some good access and she's got some great stories. Uh, even before we started recording, we were sharing some stories and uh, it was, I was laughing my ass off. So again, thank you, Sarah, for joining us. You're welcome on the Sun's Jam session anytime. Um, Matthew, I don't have any mailbag questions. Uh, is there anything you're watching that you want to share with the, the Jamsters before we take off today? Any new yeah. recommendations? Absolutely not right now. Nothing. Really? There's you should nothing watch Borat. Watch. Go watch Borat so you'll get my no, high five. I'm done with that, dude. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I will. Maybe I will, man. There you go. Check it that's, out. that's what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't have anything new that I've been watching. I actually stayed up late last night after the Suns beat the Heat. Um, I stayed up and I watched He Got Game. When's the last time you saw that movie? Actually, I don't think I've ever finished it. I know that's oh, terrible, man. man. I know, I know. I've seen it. I've seen parts of it. I just, I cannot finish it for some reason. Something that's happens. A, that's a great like an movie, earthquake man. or something. I don't know. <laughs> Denzel Washington, Ray Allen, a Spike Lee joint. Yeah. Uh, highly recommended. It's on Amazon. So if you want to go back in time a little bit, and it's, it's, it's almost timeless, you know, that's what I kind of enjoyed about it. Cause they, at the beginning, they show a lot of basketball shots, you know, people just playing basketball on courts and things of that nature. Some great. Uh, cinematography from Spike Lee just trying to capture the essence of basketball and it's just like it's such a great game I I love basketball I love basketball too playing it well I guess that's it for the Suns Jam Session podcast eh that's it man Uh, a lot of fun today right yes let's keep it up the good energy keep it rolling positive energy uh you know let's go and let's play OKC I actually won't be able to see this game I'll be working and uh yeah, I won't actually have access to oh, uh, seeing this game. Are you That's sure? Kind of I feel like you'll find a way. You always find a way to get a TV or something. Well, but here's the issue. I'll have it on at work, though, for sure. Here's the issue. I, uh, I go into work tomorrow at like 6 in the morning, and I'm working from 6 to about 9.45, and I got a 9.45 tea time. Oh. And then after, yeah. and then I go back to work right after that because I'm just golfing at my work. So I literally be on the course while it's happening. So I'll be checking my phone and such, but I need that positive mojo from the Suns Jamsters and from you, Matthew, to get them past this, uh, past OKC. So I'm, I'll record it and watch it later, but I will not be watching it live. All right. Well, have fun golfing. I'm going to hit a hole in one just <laughs> for you. <laughs> well, that's it for the Suns Jam Session podcast. Remember to rate subscribe and review the bright side of the sun podcast network uh stop by bright side of the sun there's a lot of fantastic content going up with everything that's going on in the bubble right now it's a great place to kind of everything that you need to know in one stop uh you can follow the show at sun's jam on both instagram and twitter you go to sunsjamsession.com you can email the show sunsjamsession at gmail.com you can follow me on twitter at darth voida you can follow matthew on twitter i'm matthew Lizzie. And that's it. It's time for me to grab another beer. All right. It's time for me to go home and love my family. I'm man. <laughs>